everybody, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk about Blizzard and its games, and sometimes other things, but not like we're not too obsessive levels. Uh, not that the pre-show would convince you of that. Uh, with me this week are my two fantastic co-hosts, uh, Liz Harper and Joe Perez, and we're going to just jump right into this because there's a lot of stuff either happening today or in the weeks to come. Uh, I'm going to just straight up go to the fact that uh, Wrath of the Lich King Classics Phase 2 is now live. Uh, I believe Alduar is in two days. Um, is that right? Uh, yes, Alduar is Alduar's on the 19th. So depending on when you're listening to this, it could be slightly in the future or slightly in the past. Yes, or you know, maybe if you're listening to it 150 years from now to try and determine what happened to humanity, uh, you're like, you know, what what are these people talking about? What language is this? What is you know? Phase, it will be very many hundreds two. of years. Hmm. But regardless, uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually like really interested in the stuff they're doing in in phase two. They've buffed the item level on pretty much every single Olduar drop, like by about 20 item levels, uh, and that's because they want Olduar to remain a destination even after trial of the crusader comes out because if you remember if you were playing back in wrath the second trial hit with its you know extra five man and extra raid people abandoned mm -hmm. all the war and droves because the gear was better uh why, you, you why know. do it yeah exactly so they're basically making old war gear competitive with trial gear so that people will continue to run old war even after trial comes out in a weird sort of way, this kind of feels like demoting trial to like a side raid. Like instead of trial being the next raid tier, it turns into a side raid to Alduar. I don't mind we, that. I just think it's interesting. I mean, we also don't know where they're going to buff trial drops. We know that they intend to give Alduar some breathing room, which I assume means that the Alduar tier will last longer and uh, before we get to Trial of the Crusader. Uh, but they might, maybe they're going to keep buffing gear because they have this interesting kind of gear philosophy where, okay, now the next Ramus tier is done. So now the 10 man next Ramus gear is going to be available in five person dungeons and all the next Ramus gear is 25 person gear. So it's like everything's gotten bumped up a level. And then you go to Olduar, which has also been bumped up kind of a level from where it was originally. And then, you know, in maybe three or four months, we're going to get trial of the next phase with trial of the crusader. Maybe it will be bumped up again and we'll kind of see this sort of progression where everything gets bumped up a little every phase so that all content remains kind of a viable option to keep playing. I mean, you know, I, I think next Ramas will fall off, but yeah. Well, yeah, it's, but it is interesting to think about if they, if they decide that Titan rune dungeons will then start dropping old war 10 gear and then we'll start dropping trial 10 gear. Um, there, there is certainly some room for that to happen, and it would be interesting. But it, regardless, that's coming. Uh, that's either out now or coming in the next week or two. Uh, we know Alduar is in two days. Also, Hearthstone Battlegrounds Season Three is is live today, I believe. Um, it's live, whether or not you're listening to this on Tuesday. If you're not <laughs> listening to it live, it, it, there is no time from the recording of this onward where it isn't live. It's live already. Um, but that's we've talked about that a few times. Uh, what what exactly is coming to season three, Liz? Um, I mean, season three, they just uh, they do a new rotation with new mo mechanics and they kind of just uh, like it's a reset sort of on the game mode. You have a new rewards trek to progress through. And um, this time they're adding undead minions and dual type minions to the game. I think dual type are going to be really cool and going to shake up the uh, 
kind of the the meta there because you can create different just combos because Battlegrounds is super, super based on the warband you have, which means the type of minions you have on the board because things buff each other and have synergies together. So usually you try and create these warbands that are all made of the same type of minions. And uh, this is going to open that up because you have minions with two types, maybe create some hybrids. Uh, I have not had a chance to go in and play it yet. I usually play on my iPad. I love playing Hearthstone on my iPad. I can just like sit on the couch, you know, and just like with my iPad in my lap and just kind of play this while the TV's on. I just, I really like being able to play on my iPad. But uh, mobile versions usually go out a little later than uh, desktop versions. So it's not, I have not gotten the update of, on the Hearthstone client with the new stuff. Okay. Um, and while we're talking about stuff that's out or stuff that will be coming out, Overwatch 2 is having its Lunar New Year event. Um, they're not the only one having one. Uh, World of Warcraft will be having one as well. But the Overwatch 2 one, the reason we're bringing it up is because you've got until next week, I think, to get the Twitch drop for the Mask Dance Moira. At least that was the impression I got from reading the post. Uh, so you can still go to Twitch and watch an Overwatch 2 stream and get yourself the special Mask Dance skin for Moira. Uh, if, if if that's something you want to do. It, it's a very cool looking skin. I mean, he's saying this is somebody who who doesn't play Moira and, and never really has. It, it looks really interesting. Um, oh, Overwatch has some great, really amazing visual design. So all of their skins yeah. are just super cool. I, I think, um, yeah, like it's this really awesome purple and, and red and green. It's very bright. And you, again, you know, you've got till January 25th. Uh, you just got to watch... Um, various Twitch. You can also get the Lion Roar Victory Pose, I believe, which you just need to watch for two hours. And then after you get that, you watch for four more hours and you get the Mask Dancer Legendary Skin for Moira. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You just watch some Twitch. Uh, you have to watch Overwatch on Twitch. You can just watch any Twitch. If you, you happen to find, like, find Badminton... And it has to be really a stream with drops enabled. Yes, absolutely. But with, the, with those caveats, you have till uh, the 25th. Um, since it's the 17th now, that's basically till next Wednesday uh, from the time we are recording this. So yeah, you that's, if you want to get that, you can do so for the next week, which I think is pretty cool. You got, you got some time, but now let's, let's switch into more important news. Uh, the quest. Are you kidding me? That we talked about last week is still <laughs> broken. It's still not working when people get it. It's still messed up. Uh, apparently one solution is to toggle into war mode. Yeah, that's a solution for a lot of the weird bugginess that happens. I don't know why that works, uh, but I've, you know, go ahead. Liz. I've also heard you can you can realm hop, like you know, get into groups with players on other realms and kind of mm -hmm. move over there because it could be working on one realm and not working on another. Yeah, I and also, I think yeah. that's what happens with war mode is it like shifts you over to another like shard. Yeah, and uh, for that matter, um, apparently. When you are doing it, if if it's not the first block that bugs out, if the first one is there, you can then, even if all the rest of them don't spawn, you can theoretically be airlifted or ported up to the top to complete it. Um, hmm. But only if the first one is there, because part of the quest is clicking on the first one is, is the thing that actually <laughs> triggers the quest. So if that one's gone, you can't do anything, because the quest won't even start. That's like an actual move that starts the quest. So... Uh, yeah, but that's the, I just felt it's very important that we keep you informed on this, you know, are you kidding me quest? Because oh, last week I found out about it. I didn't know about it before. And I'm like, if they got a quest where I have to save kittens and buy, buy old Jimbo, there has to be 
kittens for me to save. You can't go having a quest <laughs> where I save kittens and then don't have the kittens. That's just crazy. That's crazy. I mean, I, I think the kittens are there. We just can't get to them. No, no, which is horrible. Apparently, if it's the first block, they won't even be there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's hmm. that's why you can't airlift yourself up to save them. Uh, the the touching the first block apparently triggers the quest to start and spawns the kittens in. So maybe the kittens rescued themselves, and we Perhaps. just don't have to worry about it. But now hmm. I'm annoyed with the, now I'm annoyed with the world for not being able to save those kittens. So yeah. <laughs> but now we will actually talk about things that are slightly um, more I want to say relevant. Uh, hmm. Diablo 3's uh, season 28 PTR is coming at some point in this month. We don't know when exactly, but it's the, I believe the, the ver- language here is towards the tail end of February of January. So yeah, yeah we're so, going to get to see what season 28's theme is and so forth. And keep in mind, this might be the last season. Yeah. Very, very true. I've been wondering about that. Yeah. We don't I've know if they're going to continue. continue. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't made any announcements about if Diablo three is going to get more seasons after Diablo four drops. Uh, they might go into a complete mm-hmm. maintenance mode and recycle them. I don't know. But you also see, you know, right now we have Diablo 2 out there being super successful. Maybe there's room for four Diablo games to be live and regularly updated at the same time. That sounds really awesome to me to have so many, so much Diablo to play. Choose your flavor. Which I will, ne- which I will never have time to play. But it yeah. sounds really cool to have all of them. I, I, But I do wonder, I've been kind of looking at, what the schedule for the year is probably going to be like. And I was like, Hmm, will, will this keep happening or not? Because they are going to have seasons in Diablo four. So are they Mm -hmm. just going to kind of shove the staff over and everyone's working on making sure Diablo four seasons are super awesome. I don't know. Yeah. No idea. Um, It's quite possible. They could just go back to the first season and just start over. Just, you know, repeat it. Like, you know, it'd be Diablo three classic or something. Uh, I mean, that could be cool. It could be. I just we, they should just have they should just have the double treasure goblin season up like all the time. Well, yeah, I'm not going to argue with you, um, but yeah, that's <laughs> so that's going on. But meanwhile, we we now know when patch 10.0.5 is coming out for Dragonflight. Uh, it's going to be January 24th. The uh, patch is on the PTR right now. Uh, for example, I was I'm currently working on the post about what the uh, the trading post has got for it, and there's some interesting stuff on there. Uh, some of it's brand new, some of it's older stuff, some of it's brand new versions of older stuff that's a different color or something like that. Um, there's a staff that is basically the same staff that dropped uh, both in Burning Crusade and in uh, the Hellfire Citadel raid for Warlords. It's the same, it's the Edict of Argus model, but it's purple, which, you know, means that you're either a Shadow Priest or Mace Windu. Uh, but regardless, so there's a lot of interesting stuff there. There's also going to be, you know, various other, like a lot of class changes, uh, quite, quite, quite a lot of class changes. There's no, I won't want to say there's no new content, but there's no, it's still going to be season one. Or we're not getting a new raid. I don't believe we're getting any new dungeons. So it's mostly class balance changes. No, uh, no, not class balance changes. I, I, I was saying no, no new dungeons or okay. anything like that. All right, cool. Was what I was trying to communicate. Not gotcha. very well. Uh, but yeah, basically, this is going to set up the fact that once that's on that's on the live servers, it seems very likely that if they want to keep the release schedule that they themselves put out, like at the end of last year, ten point zero point seven has to be on the PTR almost like like I wouldn't I would not be surprised to see it on January twenty fifth. Um, I don't know that it's going to be yeah. that day, but I wouldn't be surprised because that's got. The entire Forbidden Reach new zone. It's I mean it's an old zone, but it's a new it's got new content for everybody now. Mm-hmm. 
uh, that's coming in. We know that we're going to see um, a bunch of other things added into that. Like we're going to get the heritage armor quests for humans and orcs. And I know, I know guys, I know there's like 16 different armor sets for orcs and humans that look like they could be co considered a heritage armor set, but they're technically not heritage armor sets. So I'm still excited about this, um, but that's coming as well. I forget what the last thing is. I've just wrote a post about this and I don't remember what the third thing that we're getting and, and is my brain already went like, well, that's done. But yeah, there's, so there's that, there's those two things and a third thing. If somebody wants to talk for a while, I'll go look it up. Joe, please. <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> even where to go. Like I've literally just been letting you run um, with it. Uh, well, I could bring up the thing that I just posted in chat that I missed earlier. About yeah, actually, World that'd be Warcraft great. In China. Holiday updates. Uh, okay. Holiday updates are coming. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead about China. Um, uh, yes, World of Warcraft in China, as we did previously know, is shutting down on January 23rd, which sounds completely insane to me that they're just closing up shop in China. And this is not because of any kind of protest or problem with China. Uh, so it's not like a statement Blizzard is making. It's just their contract with NetEase to distribute the game in China is expiring. And they have not been able to negotiate a new contract. Apparently, they had a proposal to NetEase to extend their current contract by six months so people wouldn't be kicked out of the game on January 23rd. And uh, NetEase said no. <laughs> so the game yeah. is, in fact... Shutting down on January 23rd in less than a week. Blizzard is continuing to search for new partners in China, but uh, nothing yet. This is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's really kind of, I, I don't want to say tragic because, I mean, it's not tragic, but it is really bad for the people who've been playing WoW for years now in China and who suddenly will just, their yeah. stuff, I mean, we don't know that their stuff will be gone because it's quite possible that blizzard could find somebody eventually and bring the servers back up but this could be the end for them we don't know oh, the way china does this thing these things is really very hard to explain uh the government's very involved and you have to have a trading partner in order to do things and it's there's a lot of controls and i am not a, an expert on these things so i i hesitate to say more but it, it is an issue well, um, i, stop so I think talk. we can we I think we can say that Blizzard needs a Chinese business to operate the game. Mm -hmm. Like they mm -hmm. need a Chinese partner in this. They can't just go and run the game in China. They need a yep. partner. Yeah, and part and, of that is uh, and they lost Eddie's. So, and part of that is because, like, legitimately, you can't have people in foreign countries connect to your servers. Uh, if, I mean, in China, like connecting out to like your local servers, like they can't just set up a bank of servers and like you know Irvine and say, "Here you go." All these players can now connect to this server that we set up. Um, it doesn't work like that because, like Matt pointed out, the government is super involved, which is why they need operating partners in those regions uh, in order to do that. And they also have to have a lot of stuff in country, um, like an obscene amount of stuff in country in order to operate. And that's not just, you know, Blizzard. That's any video game or any software company. So, so yeah, uh, that's, have, that's happening. They have posted a way to back up your game and account data. So... Like, apparently there is some way to save your everything, assuming they eventually get a new partner and bring everything back up. But, I mean, this sounds like it's going to take time. Even if they find a oh, new yeah. partner and sign a deal tomorrow, we're going to lose, Chinese players are going to lose WoW. And yep. that's just, it's very sad. No word yet on what's going to happen to the WoW theme park over there. 
the one that is in no way, shape, or form affiliated with Blizzard and yet still has <laughs> Arthas statues all over it. But, you know, we'll find out. Uh, but, okay, so that's that. Um, we've already covered that 10.0.5 and 10.0.7 are both closer than we would have thought. Uh, I'm also going to mention that the Inspiration Catalyst, which is essentially just a revamp of the Catalyst from the end of Shadowlands that, that can turn gear that isn't tier into tier gear, um, that's coming next week. Probably around reset time. I mean, I heard the 23rd, but yeah, technically also... speaking, the reset's 24th. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's going to be the 24th. But if yeah, I'm wrong, I'm we'll wrong. We'll see when we see. Yeah. yeah. But regardless, um, I will say this for the Inspiration Catalyst. It is not the most convenient location I've ever heard to put something in that you have to fly from Valdraken to Tearhold and then find there's two windows <laughs> up on the top level that you have to be able to get to which means you're going to basically need to be doing a reasonably good job flying yourself over there. Um, it's doable. I did it today, but it is not fun. Um, and also make sure you get the right one because there's two of them and I couldn't tell you which one is the actual one uh, flying at them. I just had to pick one and go and say, okay, I hope this is the one. Maybe they'll add a flight path or a teleport pad or something. I think they're probably just going to add another one of those things you can fly your mount over and get a boost. Mm. Um, they love that. <laughs> and they love doing them right in front of walls. So you have to like go, oh, <laughs> up, 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 up. But yeah, that's that's happening. Uh, also, oh, also for the the catalyst, when we were talking about this, if you don't know, uh, unlike before, it's not going to have a currency, but you are going to have to do a quest to get a charge. Yeah, um, similar and, to Spark of Invention stuff. But that charge is account wide. Mm-hmm. So just to, to throw that out Isn't you just do world quests and it fills them up? I, I think that's what the, the article I read said. So I read so yeah. yeah I, I forgot what the actual like mechanism is for it, but it's it's nice that it's not just going to be throwing another currency at us because I while it was definitely easy to get the currency, it was just annoying to track another currency. We don't need more currencies. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I'm look, sitting here looking at the various currencies I'm currently carrying around to attempt to upgrade gear from the elemental invasions. You know, two currencies for that. Then there's two currencies for the war mode PvP gear. Then there's another currency just for everything in Dragonflight. And yet, and then there's all the rep stuff. Yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking. Help me, God. Or the six or seven inventory slots I have devoted to uh, Tuscar fishing gear upgrade items. <laughs> Let's not talk about Tuscar fishing items. I, I don't. I don't want to start crying. <laughs> but regardless, uh, at this point, I think we're going to move on to do. Unless either of you have anything else, because sometimes I say this and then you guys immediately have another idea. So, do you have any other ideas, or should we move on to? We should probably talk about the uh, the pet and the mount that was released. Pet and the mount. Okay, good. Bunny. You guys talk. Bunny. Uh, it's for the you new. Talk, Joe. Yeah, it's for the new six month uh, six month subscription. If you have. Uh, are one of those six-month subscribers, you can either get an adorable little bunny, which in no way, shape, or form is a murderer as a pet in uh, Wrath Classic. Um, bunnies are always suspect, folks. Always always be wary of them in video games. Uh, but it is absolutely adorable. When in the retail game, uh, you go ahead and get yourself a bunny made out of water because we had a cat made out of water, and now we have a bunny because... Last year was Year of the Tiger, now it's Year of the Rabbit. So, of course, we're going to get a rabbit. It's actually really cool. I got it in-game earlier today because I didn't even realize it was coming out. And then I just saw this thing pop up that said, hey, redeem this. And I'm like, okay. Uh, And then I had a cute little adorable bunny mount to ride around on. Liz, do you you want to say about that? It makes splashing noises. It does. It's splashy-splashy. splashing noises. Does it clean its face? Uh, No. I haven't actually actually sat long enough to see its idle animation, though. 
Yeah, you, I need to know if it cleans its face. If it cleans its face, I may have to get it. Because that is the cutest things bunnies do, is the little face cleaning. That's fair. I mean, the biggest, the biggest problem with getting new mounts is, like, this is Dragonflight in the Dragon Isles. We can only fly on dragons. I cannot ride yeah. this adorable bunny mount. And all I want now is a bunny mount that can fly like a dragon so I can soar through the skies on a tiny bunny going at plus 900% mount speed. Yeah, like I like before we move on, like that's something that I know will probably never happen, but it is my bucket list thing for Dragonflight to be able to like designate a normal flying mount as a dragon riding mount because I really like the dragon riding awesome. system. But, like, I have that cool fox wyvern that I got from from doing that thing that, you know, I can fly in the old world, but I like dragon riding. And don't get me wrong, the dragon riding mounts are really customizable, but they keep giving us really cool mounts. Like, let me let me use them, please. Again, I know it'll never happen, but I would be very happy if it did. I'm just surprised that we can't like, use our dragons that we already have. Like, I have several mm -hmm. dragon mounts. Why can't I dragon ride on them? They're dragons. <laughs> what about my... What about my nether drake? I worked so hard 15 years ago to get that thing. I want a reason to fly around on it. Come on. Do this for me, Blizzard. <sighs> Unfortunately, they probably won't because, you know, you can't uh, have good things like anything. I just, I just, I just want a flying bunny, okay? Is that too much to ask? Come on, Blizzard. Flying uh, yeah, rabbit help me out better. here. Work with me. <laughs> yeah, they should, you know, it should be kind of like when they had like flying unlocks. In previous expansions, there should be like a quest line and then unlock to unlock a mount for Dragonflight as a using dragon riding. And then you like you do it over and over again for every mount you have that you want to unlock. And wow, isn't that repeatable content? Some of you have a couple hundred mounts. <laughs> Good luck. You know, so just a so, couple hundred. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's uh <laughs> Yeah, I've got like 140 and I don't even try. So I'm sure other people have way more than that. But regardless, uh, I think at this point we are going to move on and, and start looking at your questions, guys. Um, if you have a question for the show, you can send it to the email address podcast at blizzardwatch.com uh, with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for this show, um, as opposed to the other 507 that we're doing. I, I don't know. We're doing a lot of other podcasts. Um, if you want to ask us questions on Discord instead of via email, sure. Uh, we've got a Discord server, and you can go to the Patron Q and Podcast Questions channel if you are a patron. Uh, and if you are not a patron, you can go to the Podcast Q and Podcast Questions channel, which is not for non-patrons, and you can ask there. We, we're totally okay with you not being a patron because we understand that life is hard and stuff is weird. But, you know, we do like to let patrons go first because they help keep the lights on and this site going. Uh, this time, we're just going to say, Joe, you read. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this one comes from, uh, Smacker. Okay. That's a name. Uh, Loveland and Dragonflight is at WoW's all time best in my, in my opinion. I'm leveling, leveling experiences expansion. I have been noticing a lot of level boosting sales recently and thought it was unreal how fast the boosters get it done. I have been seeing people getting one to 70 in sub five hours. The method they are using is farming mobs in Cobalt Assembly and are just pumping out XP. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Is it good or bad for the game to be able to bust out levels so fast? Uh, thank you for your time and hope to finally uh, and hope to finally get a question on one of the podcasts. Well, you did. Uh, and there's a PS buff disc priests. <laughs> uh, get in line. <laughs> Sorry. Um, short version. I don't really care how people level 
and I don't think the speed at which they level really matters because WoW has been an end game content game for a very long time. Like it's all been about getting to max level, going through and doing stuff at max level for, I mean, really since what cataclysm? Uh, I think, you know, since original WoW, I remember that everything was all about getting to 60 so we could start raiding molten core. Like that yeah. was the thing, man. Everybody was like, you know, when I was at, I was at level 40, I was like from level 44 to level 47 for a very long time, like, you know, several days. And I remember everybody like, you need help. Like they were like really concerned that I wasn't getting there. And I was like, somebody told me to go level in Tenaris. Turns out there's nothing in Tenaris. So yeah, <laughs> unrelated, but yeah, I will say that I kind of don't, I don't disagree with you, but at the same time, I am not very receptive to booster services because booster services are usually done by the same kind of mass automation that you see in gold farming mm-hmm. and usually by the gold farmers or people who do gold farming like Steve Bannon. Yes. Yeah, Steve Bannon was a- anyway. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't like that group, that grouping. I, I also like don't the, like that group. Yeah. The wow token was designed to try and curb it, but they just keep finding new ways to, to gouge people. And the fact that and, you can buy a level boost now too, straight up. Yeah. Absolutely. But again, still people find ways they're, to get people to let them super, do it. They're just super expensive. I mean, a level boost is like 60 bucks. That's, Aren't they even more so now? Much. Particularly. No. No, I think they're six. I think they're still 60. They're 60. They were um, of the expansion. So that whatever the baseline cost for Dragonflight was is what they were. But no, I, I they're, they're 60 plus. Uh, they're 60 for whatever plus whatever VAT. Okay. I, I, I haven't bought one. So I, I didn't know. Yeah, I've never bought one standalone. You get one. I yeah. mean, you do get one with the with expansion purchases, but yeah. I have not bought a standalone. I haven't. I haven't used my last level boost. I don't know what to use it on. I mean, you know, maybe you don't need to. If you have all the characters you want to play already at the levels you want to play them, then just hold on to it, and you can use it but next I, expansion. It's like it's like I have it. It feels like I should use it. I just don't <laughs> know what to use it it's on. Burning a hole in Liz's virtual pocket. I mean, it's been burning a hole in my pocket for a while. It's just every time I log in, it's like there, you the little icon up there. You yeah. have a level boost. And the other thing I would say is like leveling itself is pretty quick in general. Like you don't, I don't think people need to resort to level boosting services. And honestly, I think they really should stay away from those in general. Um, but like leveling from one to 70, it doesn't take very long in a natural way. Like, I don't know about that sub five hours, that's like some hardcore grinding or some hardcore like manipulation of it. But yeah, I, mean, I think that that's basically they get a warlock to summon this person to areas. They shouldn't be. You know, and then they basically have their, their, their raid group of people following him around. And once he tags something, they annihilate it. Uh, it's, it's the same. We've seen people who weren't using level boosting services do this. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember his name, but the guy who used to boost himself up constantly um, did it. And he wasn't, you know, he, he he's not Desmephisto. He he was somebody else. But you guys know the one I'm talking about. The he used to constantly. I remember in specifically in Mr. Pandaria, he used to go around just constantly getting groups of people to follow him around. And every time he would tag mobs, he they would just annihilate them, and he'd get XP for it. Um, and that's basically what they're doing at Cobalt Assembly. I don't. I mean, it doesn't upset me or offend me or anything, but it certainly doesn't feel like fun gameplay. Uh, I, I mean, given my druthers, I'd rather not mindlessly grind on people at co- Cobalt Assembly all day, but I'm not going to like get too upset or anything like that either. Liz, what do you think? And it's also like, um, 
you know, so much of Dragonflight in particular is about exploring and discovering things. And it seems kind of kind of a bummer that you would just, you know, grind on things and finish leveling. And that's it. You're done. You're leveled up. And that's that's done. Game done. Um, but I have thought what the boosting services are doing lately is there have the two of you been seeing a lot more ads from boosting services? Oh, God, in yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like oh, I've gotten some. I've gotten some on my in-game calendar. They like send out raid invites and they're like, go to our website and pay us lots of money so we can run you through this raid. And uh, even like the day the raid came out, you had these boosting services advertising mythic raid carries for like $2,000. And it's like, that's really optimistic because literally no one in the world has cleared this raid yet. And you're offering to carry me through it for a scant two thousand dollars yeah i'm not gonna lie when i when i get bored when i get bored and i have nothing else to do and it's like two o'clock in the morning and i can't sleep (laughs) i'll log into game and i will find like i'll just spend time refreshing the pre-made group lists and like going through those and reporting every single one of them repeatedly (laughs) because it just makes me feel better i know it really does nothing but like they'll eventually they're just gonna keep going they're just gonna keep making them but it makes me feel good for about five minutes all you right. can at that's, least you can slow them down. That's the opposite of what I do, which is I contact them and then basically just string them along until they finally get fed up <laughs> and cut off contact. Like, how do I pay you? With do you guys take money? How do I give you the money? Like, I've got a lot of gold. Oh no, you don't want gold. Matt's okay. going to become the Kit Boga of uh, uh, what what Kit Boga is to the spammers on the internet. Matt's going to be that with the level boosters and and, and the, the social services. I do, I've been doing it since like uh, the carries through. Do you remember like the Siege of Orgrimmar carries? How bad they were? Oh yeah, I was doing it with those, and I'd say like I can't go into Valdraken without seeing at least three spam comments like while I'm there. At least three. And the thing is, is that this server I'm on is not a tremendously active one. It's like, so I can't imagine what it's like on a big server. Like you guys are in Drendon, right? Yeah. We're in Drendon. Yep. Yeah. And Drendon's like actually got a, a healthy population. Uh, ish. Compared to, compared to where I am. It, it absolutely. But regardless, yeah, it is. I don't think any of us are particularly on board with spammers, you know, trying to sell carries or whatever, but that doesn't mean we think it's necessarily a problem that needs a lot of solving. I think it was like, um, I was reading an article actually about split raids for mythic plus progression. And one of the people, uh, I think at liquid said that he hated them, that they all hated them, that the split raids were just awful, but it's the situation where, well, what should blizzard do about it? And he's like, nothing like we're, we're less than 1% of the player base. You want to make it harder for everybody else to trade gear and get stuff because, you know, 1% of crazily motivated people are willing to do crazy motivated things to get further faster. No, you don't, you'd be ruining the game for like 95% of the players. So I feel that way about this. Like, sure. There's going to be people who take advantage of it. And sure. There's going to be people who, you know, are are misrepresenting themselves and taking advantage of people trying to take advantage of it. But, it's not really worth like any kind of response feels like it would be too draconian in my opinion. Well, I mean, I, I don't think any of us like these paid services that are running people through raids. And um, I mean, like paid for cash. There have always yeah, been, I'm, I'm okay with like, services. Yeah. yeah. Those are completely, those are completely, yeah. Those are completely within Blizzard's terms of service. And if you're really good making gold, but maybe not really good at raiding, you can sure spend that gold, go to the raid, make it happen. 
but you know these services that are you know like we'll level your character for x amount will run you through uh vault of the incarnates for x amount it's just these are these are real shady <laughs> and uh also against the terms of service you can get in trouble and also if you give anyone your account information you're probably never going to see your account again it's all sorts of bad things rolled up together yeah it's mm-hmm. like a talking of dove bad mm, yeah should mean it's like a turducken okay uh but yeah i think that answers your question so if you don't mind i think we're going to move on to the next one and that means liz gets to read uh well this is a question specifically for joe so i will i will read it and we can ask joe for his take this one is from ld soth greetings watchers ld soth with a what if question that joe should take the lead on (laughs) a magic a magic wand is waved, and Tuscar are now a playable race. What classes would they be? Shaman seems an obvious, uh, and I can also see a strong case made for Druid and Hunter, but what else? Given their general philosophy, I don't see them being warlocks at all. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. So, Joe, what do you think? <laughs> uh, the, uh, first of all, thanks, uh, Lord Soth, because everybody knows my extreme love of the Tuscar race. They're my favorite WoW race. Uh, Shaman is a no-brainer. We already know they have them. Uh, we've literally, this expansion, they have special totems made specifically for them that we've never seen before. Um, so that's a thing. Uh, hunters, absolutely. They definitely have the hunter pet thing going on. Uh, I actually think there's a really strong case for warriors as well. Uh, I think that Tuscar warrior seems natural because they need, they have sort of like that, that like old, like, I don't want to say like old guardy feel, but like, they have like the guards of hearth and home sort of feel about them where yeah, if somebody shows up, I can see one of them bringing out like a giant whale tooth that they carved into a mall and be like, all right, well it's time to go and you need to leave now. Uh, and then going all ham on them with like, you know, wielding two one handed giant clubs uh, and just beating them down while wearing plate armor. Uh, I could see that. I agree that they definitely don't, or they don't seem like they would embrace the idea of warlocks. I do think that they would potentially start uh, after the events of in-game, probably asking about becoming mages if they haven't already, because they just spent a whole lot of time at Caligos. Kedgar's not too far away. It's only a matter of time before they go, your magic seems funny. Let's talk about it. Can you show me how to throw a fireball? <laughs> Wait a minute. I can make mirror images of myself so I'm never alone. You mean I can have okay, an audience Joe, to tell my stories to? Great. I'm going to stop you right now because I think this is implying that they don't have mages now. I don't think we've seen a Tuscar mage. That doesn't mean they don't have them. I'm, they know where the ley lines are. It's true. They call glean caves. I think that Tuscar, there's an old tradition in actual cultism called uh, not tying, where instead of having like, incantations or or chants or what have you people will tie elaborate webs of, of like twine and in, in together into these knots and i think the tuscar nets are a really good way you could work that in yeah it's I a normal practice i honestly think that you know some of the people you see that you think are shaman are actually mages entirely possible that, that, that tuscar shaman and mages are basically just two flavors of the same thing much like you've got the major, the the uh, shaman for the Kalterans call themselves, you know, war tide priests and look like priests, but they're actually shaman. Uh, I think it's much, it's much of the same way. Entirely so possible. I'll, although, I'm I do, jumping on that one. although I do want to also see Tuscar rogues because stealthy, stealthy Tuscar would make my heart. We're gonna very, let very do it. You know, yeah, if if Torin can be stealthy, Tuscar can totally be stealthy. Tuscar <laughs> at least don't have giant hooves. <laughs> what do you guys think? 
I I think clearly Tuscar need a fishing class that only Tuscar can be. I mean, we've got Drakthir with their own race class combination. Let's go with Tuscar, and they're the only class that can have these weird fishing abilities. Ooh, they can I be mean, the only. They can be. Are... They can be the spear throwing class. That could be their entire oh, shtick. That would be good. Yeah, because that would be fun. Deadliest Catch was that the show? Yeah, I think that was the show. Yeah, <laughs> be like that. Be like you know, there's a bunch of Tuscar on a boat. You know, constantly trying to catch extremely large crabs and getting, you know, eaten by them and fighting back. And yeah, okay. I'm, I'm down with these Tuscar fishers. I mean, that a spear throwing class would be great. That's a, that's a theme we haven't seen before. Bring up, bring over and, the, and, bring over the, the, the Javazons from Diablo 2. Just make them Tuscars. It's fine. Yes. Yes. Only if they wear class. the same breastplates. <laughs> I, I genuinely have no particular love or hate for Tuscar, but uh, I would, I would totally play that class. I do also want to see them be druids and just turn into sharks because Grawl, <laughs> Grawl, they worship Grawl. I mean, why not? Let's go. The problem with that is that, you know, they're going to be floating around in a giant bubble. Hey, we, we just talked about D&D a little bit on the pre-show. There are land sharks. Land sharks can be absolutely be a thing. All right, sure. I'd be happy with Bulletin. I if, if, if I'm going to jump in, I don't know. Liz, you have anything else you want to see? No, no. Okay. I'm going to say up front that both Warriors and Death Knights are in every... Every every race but Drakthir can be a warrior or a death knight. So I'm going to say Tuscar can be too. Now, now, does that really... You don't think a death knight really works for Tuscar, but, I mean, if you've ever actually seen Cocoon, you know full well that you can get Wilford Brimley to be really aggressive. And not only that, but, I mean, they're they're in Northrend. They're not too far from the Citadel. They know what was going on. Yeah. Well, and for that matter, the, if you've ever seen the movie The Thing, Wilford Brimley is literally gets turned into one of the thing monsters so yeah i can honestly imagine you know a, a tuscar channeling the power of death he'd probably carve runes into his tusks or or she would carve runes into her tusks um but i think that they would definitely be on the outside of of their society whereas the demon hunter tuscars i'm suggesting um <laughs> and i'm not kidding people think i'm kidding i'm not, not kidding demon hunter tuscar why why because i don't think that they would like I think everyone would be surprised that Illidan got, gets along with Tuscar. He totally does, though. And also, because I think the other race we're going to get if we get Tuscar is playable Murlocs. And playable Murlocs, there's already a Murloc demon hunter. We know that they have them. So, yeah, if, if, the, if the Murloc race is going to get into the game and get to be demon hunters, you got to let Tuscar be demon hunters. It's just fair. Um, finally, I think Paladins. Hmm. Because there's absolutely no reason... Most Tuscar would would go great with with the Paladin ethos. Instead of like by the light, it'd be like, do you need some? Do you need a help? Do you need some soup? You look like you need some soup. I will go beat up all those monsters, get you some soup, and I will come right back with the soup unless you want me to carry you to the soup. I mean, it's good soup. <laughs> my, leg, my legs are broken. Okay, you stay here. Try to try to like hide. Um, I'm here. You can have an axe. I'm going to go get the soup. And just literally wade through like all these demons. And and I know it sounds funny and I am telling it funny on purpose, but at the same time, I'm not kidding. I think that this Tuscar Paladin might be the closest class to how they act. Like every interaction I've had with Tuscar so far is extremely Paladin. Like, like it's like, yeah, I, I will totally help you with whatever your thing involving the caves is. But right now these people are hurt and I have to help them. If you can help me help them, then I can help you. That's a very paladin statement. 
It's like, you know, I've got, I've just got to do this first because these people are really in trouble and then we'll go on and we'll go destroy your, you know, your corrupted, you know, your rot cave or whatever and, and free your stuff. And yeah, you can come Then we'll all go have some soup. Yeah. I'm Why totally into that. Yeah. I, I seriously am not kidding about this. Um, I think Paladin is a really, First of all, I think Paladin is an underserved class as it is. I don't get why we don't have more Paladins by now. Uh, we've got more than we had, but I, I don't... Like, when was the last time... I think the the uh, Zandalar and the Dark yeah. Irons were the last ones to get Paladins. Mm-hmm. If Zandalar and, and Dark Iron can be Paladins, anybody can be Paladin. Stop telling me we can't have Forsaken Paladins. We've literally got a Scourge Paladin. There's a guy, there's a boss in Nexramas. He's a paladin. He channels the light. Um, he's still doing it. You know, you're fighting him and he's hitting you in the face with the light. If he can do it, then, you know, Jawless Joe or whatever can be a paladin. I mean, you know, also we can put a Joa back on ice. I don't, I don't like the undead with really kind of free. <sighs> anyway, but seriously, paladins. I'm not kidding. Also, night off power. <laughs> uh, but I think that we can move on to the next one. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, this one comes from Yarek. Hello again. Oh, this is a lore watch one that Matt stole. Shaking fist. Keep reading. Keep reading. Uh, but I'm going to give this question to Blizzard Watch for the mechanics of it. Ah, okay. Uh, the pick your black dragon aspect idea is intriguing, but could Blizzard hold off 10.3 development in the final decision to the player base votes who decide with a la Jason Todd, a death in the family. I think it would be a much better form of player engagement and agency than what we had in BFA. Uh, for those of you that are not familiar, the reference uh, to Jason Todd's death in the family, there was a comic campaign uh, the 80s at this point, right? Like it was like mid 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. where you actually got to call in, write in, and vote on which of the members of the Batman family uh, basically died. I think it was just, you know, should Robin die or not? I don't think yeah. anybody else was involved. No, I think it, I think there was it was several because there was a couple of people up in there like you could vote. And the one who had the least amount of votes was the one that would like that was the one that would bite it. Um, the problem is that we run into a world where running campaigns like that are very tricky. Because the trolls like to come out and start tanking things immediately. Um, you would have to have a ton of, con- of controls in place to make sure that people voted once and only once. Uh, or you'd have to make sure that they, you had a situation where you couldn't be DDoSed uh, to keep people from voting because people love to do that. Um, also, I don't know if that's good for creative design. Like, I get the idea behind the intent. Like, it's a good idea in, in practice, but... Also, a lot of the stuff with the story that's being developed right now, they're planning this stuff out months in advance, sometimes years in advance. So they already know what the answer is going to be. They already know what it's going to do, like where they're where it's going to go. Could they change it? Sure, maybe. Uh, but then it could also change the trajectory of stories that's yeah. going to happen later on or next expansion. Remind me to tell you about Armageddon 2001 and what happened to Hawk sometime. Because that's when they, when people have a plan and then it gets leaked and people decide, oh, we have to change the plan. And thus, everything that they had planned is now just gone. It can be really detrimental to just throw out a decision you've already made because then you have to scramble to, to make a new one. Yeah, it's like the butterfly effect, too. Like, you don't know what the ripples are going to be from that. Liz, do you have an opinion on it? Uh, I, I don't precisely, except that the dragon popularity contest seems really weird because you can just get go for maximum reputation with both of them and there are no consequences and no one cares. You can just be 
best friends forever with both of them. And I mean, that's fine. That makes it not a hard, like, it's not a hard choice that you have to, like, make and stick to forever, even as you learn more about these characters, which possibly I hope we learn more about what Spellion's up to in the future and we learn more about what Rathion has planned. Uh, but it's just weird. It's like, because it is just, it's a popularity contest. There's there's nothing hard and fast to it. We're just, okay, we're going to be over here helping out. And apparently these dragon dudes like that, and now we're best friends forever. See, it I, just I doesn't keep, feel, I'm, it doesn't feel impactful. No, it doesn't, but I have to be upfront. I see it as me basically making myself like useful to both of them. So eventually I can get them both in the room and go, now kiss. Because <laughs> that's, I am seriously, they have such <laughs> enemies to friends to... You know, if we weren't related, we'd be smooching. That their uh, energy is astonishing. And also to put it out there, Autoluke in chat, because uh, you should be here for our live show, folks, makes a good point. I uh, remember when we were voting for the next war chief and uh, basic campfire one. How'd that work out? I mean, he was robbed. I I think that basic campfire would have actually done a better job than the actual war chiefs we got. So if a basic campfire yeah, had won to be that fair, election. To been put in power, then we wouldn't have had Sylvanas in charge. To be fair, Vol'jin died. He didn't even get a chance. Yeah, but that's my point. If it had been a basic campfire, we could just reignited it. <laughs> and this isn't against Vol'jin or anything. I just think the Horde should be led by a big fire elemental. Possibly Ragnaros. <laughs> I don't know. But okay, would Ragnaros have legs or not in this situation? We know it, he has legs. And he knows how to use them. Yeah, you can't. Un yeah, he and he never begs, but because he knows how to choose them. We, we can't possibly put the legs back in the bottle. I mean, they're there now. We know he has. It's them. canon. Yeah, but I mean, seriously, like this is the thing. I was I was writing about ten point zero point seven today. This is a little bit of a tangent, but it kind of fits in here. I was writing about it, and I was talking about the fact that you know we're not going to probably see any fixes to holidays that we've already gone through and won't be seeing for a while. And we're almost certainly not going to see love in the air fixes because love is in the air is going to be taking place while 10.0.7 is on the BTR. So it's almost, I, I can't believe they're going to do any changes to that, but the midsummer fire festival is down the road. It'll be coming out after, you know, 10.0.5 and it stars a whole bunch of elementals. Yeah. And we're in the expansion about the elementals being crazy. Yep. I really think that instead of a hoon going nuts in Shadow Labs for no particular reason, we could very well have a situation where a hoon is on Azeroth trying to make his way to some place where he can get to the realm of the fire elementals and kill Ragnaros, who will be back. That's my current prediction for that, by the way, guys. Um, I'm and what, into is, it. what does this have to do with anything we were just talking about, you might ask? Nothing. But I really <laughs> wanted to say it. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, it's a, I think the TLDR is popularity contest, bad player engagement, good, but I think it's better overall healthy for the, the game in general. If it just continues on as the, the story creators have it planned. Yeah. For all we know, n neither of them is going to be the aspect. Yeah. We have no idea. I'm, I'm on team Ebonhorn over here. I'm on yeah. team. I'm on team uh, basic campfire. I'm going to throw that out there because <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't think any of them should be the aspect. I think that it should be uh, somebody unassuming. Well, if a Bessian gets the job, he's going to be unassuming because he doesn't want it. Yeah, but so. he's also going to force the other two to be his advisors. Yeah. 
He's he's oh man, that would be a I terrible you, job. Raphael, spend- you're my youth outreach. Go. You understand the young people. <laughs> Sally forth. Sibelian, yeah, go do egg stuff. That's you seem to be okay with that. I'm going to sit here and be the spiritual leader of our people. Like that's what I see happening. Honestly, um, I can't remember her name right now. Unfortunately, they haven't done as much with her as I wanted to. But that new brood mother that they have, the snarky black dragon brood mother. No, I didn't lay all these eggs, but I do have to take care of all of them. <laughs> I feel like she would be a good aspect of the of the black dragon flight. <laughs> it's just the tired, put upon, you know mom of everybody even other people's kids that just end up being at her house eating her food and hanging out with her kids listen, and she just kind of has to mom all of them yeah listen, that's right the, there half these aren't the even black dragons they're not even our clutches but they just drop them off and i have to babysit them these red ones are chasing the green ones the the, the bronze ones just keep blinking out of time like i have no clue where they're going then they just pop back up and then they got beers what's with that like i this is too much like yeah, yeah can, exactly that should be the aspect of the black dragon flight. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh gosh. I'm really curious to see how this plays out though. And to see, oh, yeah. like, do you think this is going to be resolved with any of the story in patch one Oh seven, because that's going to be the first time we're getting new story. You think any of this is going to come up? I think it's going to come up because I think that both Rathion and Sibelian are going to be pretty interested in what their dad was doing up yeah. on forbidden reach. Um, mm. But I don't know if it's yeah. going, I don't think it'll be resolved. Keep in mind that they still have to resolve the green dragon flight thing. Yeah. Like, you know, there's stuff coming on that front that has to be resolved. There's a lot of resolution to come. So I'm really curious to see if, if any of it has to do with the next place we're going, that's going to be revealed in 10.0.7. Uh, I, I want to know what the new zone is going to be. Cause they straight up say on the roadmap that, you know, new zone, new dungeon, new raid. It's like, where's this zone? Where are we going? Yeah, I got but, nothing. Yeah. I think that means that we have one more question and Liz, it's up to you to read it. Okay. Well, this has things I don't know how to pronounce in it that I assume are references to something I'm not familiar with. Um, to the Tyracros. Triarchos of the cryonic. Triarchos. Yep. Okay. Is that, is that us? Yeah, that's us. Is this addressed to us? We're not reading someone else's mail. Correct. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I am he who is named Jim. I would ask you, what add-ons are the best for healing and raids? How may I procure them? Is there a way to get an add-on that will tell me when an ability is stacked up to full and needs to be used in order to not waste a stack? And why are you cold? Um, well, I guess this it's is really cold fun. here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm down in Texas and it was 75 this afternoon. Uh, so for Texas, I mean, I'm, I, I, yeah. Well, yeah, that is a little chilly for us, but uh, not cold on the grander scale. I live where the air hurts my face so that the bugs can't kill me. <laughs> okay, that's a fair point. The, the I live in other Canada, nice which thing, is literally made of ice. The other nice thing about living somewhere cold is that you don't you don't have to worry about snakes nearly as much as we have to do in the southern parts of the country. See, that's- this is this is like the reason why my wife would like to move to the southern parts of that country. <laughs> It's the only thing she likes about it, but it is the thing she likes. Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, I had a niece who was bitten by a rattlesnake in her driveway. So, I mean, there's like, there's ups and downs to this. Um, But yes, we are completely not answering your question at all whatsoever. Um, I don't know about healing, but I'm going to say for the second question, uh, Mm -hmm. weak auras? That sounds like a weak auras thing. It's a weak auras thing. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely use weak auras for that. 
If you are not familiar with Weak Wars, it is kind of like the ultimate add-on to tell you anything about anything in the game. That's, that's, I mean, it's just designed to be a customizable system of notifications and trackers. And the really cool thing about it is that for most things you want to know, someone has already made a Weak Aura for it. So you just download the Weak Aura add-on, and then you go and you look, you look for something someone has already made for it. You know, they're kind of like little scripts that you plug into weak auras to do specific things. And uh, you can make your own things, but it's it's a lot easier to grab things other people have already made. And you can make it look like whatever you want. It's like maybe it's an icon that pops up here. Maybe it's huge and flashy. Maybe it's small and just modest. Maybe it makes a loud air horn noise. You can do you can set it up however you want. Um, yeah, my character, I use it for uh, one of my DPS abilities. Uh, I have an ability called Slaughtering Strikes that stacks up to five, and when it stacks up to five, uh, Raging Blow does 100% more damage. And what I have it do, since I can't see very well as it is, I don't want anything to be popping up on my screen. So I have it make a noise when it starts building the stack. It goes like, chong, to let me know that the stack is building. And when the stack is at five, it goes, and that's like, oh, hey, hit buttons. So... That's how I use it. <clears throat> I would like to use it more, but I, I don't understand it well enough yet. I'm probably going to go and, and spend a little time working on it in the future. But yeah, that's, that's for, for as for add-ons, that's the one I can answer. I don't know anything about healing add-ons, so you guys yeah. are up. Weegors is probably one of the most diverse add-ons that has ever existed and is healer, DPS, and tank friend alike. Uh, I'll let Liz give her add-ons of choice for healing before I give mine, because I'm weird in mine, I think. I mean... I I really I really keep my healing add-ons pretty minimalistic. I think the only thing you really really need to heal is a good set of unit frames that, you know, show you everyone's health in a clear way that you can easily understand, that show the buffs and debuffs people have that are important to you personally. Um and I mean, I think that's that's kind of the thing. I I just have some unit frames. I have shadowed unit frames, and I have them set up the way I like them. That's the other thing. There's no perfect out-of-the-box healing solution. It's like, where do you want things on your screen that work for you? Where do you, how do you want to arrange things? What's the, it's really a lot of like, like interface design. Like, okay, I like having things the important things really center screen so I can see them without like having to move my eyes a lot. Like I don't have to look over into the far right corner to figure out something. It's like right there in front of me. So really it's just, it's, it's unit frames. You got to have some good unit frames configured the way you like them. And, and that's the big thing. I personally have a lot of mouse over macros so I can mouse over, you know, any unit frame and like hit a heal hotkey and bang, it just casts the heal on that person. So my healing setup is just unit frames and uh, and a lot of mouse over macros. You can also get add-ons that will do your kind of mouse over setup. And there's some, there's, uh, I haven't played with it, but there's some mouse over stuff built into the main UE right now, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. So I do think mouse over casting or click casting makes it a lot easier. Uh, you can get uh, like Voodoo. Voodoo has kind of built-in click casting where it's automatically will set you up with um uh what of my wow I totally lost my frame of thought there um that will just automatically kind of set you up and be configured for click casting like you click on something someone and it casts this heal you right click on someone and cast that heal uh so, but that's just if you like that style of healing 
do that. If you don't like that style of healing, don't do that. It's kind of like there's no there's no perfect answer here. And uh, then I use, uh, I have a ton of weak orders, and mostly those are things I've set up myself to kind of uh, support the things that I forget about and things I need to know about. Uh, once you download weak auras, which from any add-on site that you care to use, like CurseForge, you can go to wago, wago.io, W-A-G-O.io, and search for weak auras. Um, yeah, that's, I'm saying weak auras as the add-on, and also weak auras as the thing you put into the add-on to do specific things, which is kind of confusing now that I'm trying to explain it. But you can go to wago and uh, search for anything you want to do, and chances are someone has already written a weak aura that will do it. You can just drag it into your client. Bang, you have a thing. Yeah. Now, you go, Joe. Yeah, so I run extremely minimal add-ons when it comes to healing. Uh, as a matter of fact, healing-specific add-ons, I run exactly zero. The only add-on that I run, and I don't even run weak auras, um, because my the, my healing style is completely just does not have capacity for it. It's weird. My brain is, it fires weirdly like that. Um, although I will always sing the praise of weak auras. It's just it's not for me. The only thing that I would say is you need to have a unit frame that gives you the information relevant to your play style and that you can customize for your visibility. I use grid. I have been using grid forever. It allows me to customize how uh, groups are displayed. It allows me to customize how I can view hit points, resource generation, incoming healing to uh other people on there so that I don't necessarily ha try to bomb heal somebody who is already having a bomb heal coming in. Uh, and I can also only see debuffs on there that I am capable of removing. So this way I'm not wasting mana trying to purge something that I can't purge, but the game's going to charge me the resource cost for anyway. Um, that's what, so I would say, Finding a unit frame that works for you is is paramount, whether it's the in-game one, whether it's shadow unit frame, whether it's grid, whether it's voodoo. Uh, there's tons of great options for it. Even the in-game one has greatly improved over the years. I still personally would not use it, but if it fits your needs, by all means, go through and customize it. The other thing that I would say is not necessarily an add-on, but Liz had sort of a point that she made that has always been a thing of me is clear visibility as a healer. You need not just to have clear visibility to your unit frames, but of what's going around in the raid and where people are or what content you're healing. Uh, so the more visibility you can give yourself paring down the UI and not having a cluttered UI is, is something that's really, really, really important in previous years. I would have suggested an add on called move, move anything now in Dragonflight. You don't need it. Literally built into the UI is the ability to edit and push anything wherever you want it. It doesn't matter where it is. You can resize just about everything. Snap to grids. You can change the grid size. They've done a phenomenal job on the base UI to try to make it as player accessible as possible. But other than that, it's there's not much that I personally can recommend. Uh, although, like I said, going to your last point, Ability stacks and things like that. Weak auras is king. It is it is absolutely amazing for that to know when things are fully charged, when you have different stacks of things. It's also really great for tracking trinkets. There are certain trinkets that you have available that will 
um, like what, what is it? The, the brood keepers promise is the one that Liz and I have been using, mm-hmm. um, which increases stats and healing based off the proximity of who you make your BFF. Uh, so like having mm-hmm. a weak aura that tells you whether you're within that distance to get the maximum return is kind of important sometimes. Uh, but that's really about it that I can recommend out of hand. Oh, a good cooldown tracking add-on is probably very recommend. I would say is recommended as well. Uh, while you have, I, go ahead. I use weak auras for cooldown tracking. I just uh, have weak auras set up to uh, like <laughs> pop things up. Yeah, I was just gonna say, but you can use weak auras to track your cooldowns. Uh, but like when you want to know, like in my case, because I'm a Russo shaman, when healing tide is off cooldown or mana tide totem is off cooldown, I want to know when that's available. Um, I have an audio cue that that plays when they're available and that's just built into uh aura i believe is where i have it uh but like i'm an audio cue person like that's what my key like key for me is and i think you can do that in weak wars as well where it'll play a sound for you to let you know not necessarily just have something flashing on screen so something that lets you track your cooldowns highly recommended and you can do that in weak wars very versatile i mean I think customization is key here because all of us process information differently mm-hmm. and all of us kind of, you know, navigate our screen in front of us differently. So I've spent a lot of time and thought, you know, making sure the notifications that I get, that I've set up, the things that have audio notifications, the things that have vid- visual notifications, where the notifications are and how big they are, are kind of designed around how I play. It's like, okay, I notice, okay, I'm not hitting this cooldown frequently enough. I'm going to make it pop up here in this really visual, visible place. I'm going to make it play a sound. So even if I'm not looking over there, I know. But at the same time, I don't set up sounds for everything because that would be information overload. And then I'm going to start missing things. And I don't have pop-ups for everything because some things I'm just like, I know to hit that and I don't need reminders. So it's really, it's like completely set up to support me in specifically. I just don't think there's any one size fits all. And I'm, that's, that's kind of a lousy answer. That's not necessarily very helpful, but you've got to, you got to have a setup that works for you. And that covers healing. That covers everything. Somebody say something. Apparently I kept forgetting that I was not putting the right button. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I think that's going to wrap it for the week. Um, Unless you guys have anything else you want to say on that subject, uh, uh, we're going to have Joe do his outro, and then we will do the last outro, and we will then go out, yo. So, <laughs> all <laughs> right. Well then, friends, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreoncom Watch. Your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance of having your question answered on our podcast of the queue, and an ads free site experience. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, again, guys, if you have a question for the show, you can send it to our email at podcast at blizzardwatch.com, subject line podcast with Blizzard Watch, so we know it's for this show. Or you can go to our Discord. We've got the Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel for patrons, or the Q and Podcast Questions channel for non patrons. Uh, Although I suppose patrons could use it too. Uh, yeah, you know, do what you like. Uh, but regardless, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, thank you to Joe and Liz for making the show possible uh, and much more entertaining. And thank you to everybody else for being you. Thanks. It's appreciated. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast, and we'll see you next week. 